Hi, I'm Michael G. Williams, and welcome to Social Distancing Radio. I'm a novelist, and a reader and friend asked if I would read from my work as something they might find comforting and familiar amidst the uncertainty and anxiety we're experiencing from multiple sources in 2020. As of this opening, I've read Perishables, the first book of my five-book vampire and urban fantasy series, The Withrow Chronicles, published by Falstaff Books, aka falstaffbooks.com. If you'd like to pick up a copy for yourself, head over to bit.ly, that's bit.ly, slash perishables link. Now I'm reading from my short stories and other works, and occasionally I'll invite on a writer friend for special episodes called Public Domain Radio. Thanks for listening. Alrighty, y'all. Take me another sip of this reading tea. I feel like reading wine loosens me up a little better to be able to do this, but reading tea is what I've got at the moment. Mm. It is really good tea, I have to say. Growing up uh, in, you know, deep in a holler in Appalachia, uh, the quality of someone's tea was generally considered a pretty decent yardstick for the quality of their character. And more than once I heard someone's actions excused with, but they do make good tea. Also, from that last episode, I love the crash of the Demeter against the uh, shore at Whitby. That's one of my favorite parts of the book. Also, I always am amused by the idea that the local SPCA is out trying to flag down Dracula. You know, like they're out there <laughs> with, with their have you seen this dog? posters i don't know that i find that very funny so let's jump into the next part log of the demeter varna to whitby written 18 july things so strange happening that i shall keep accurate note henceforth till we land on 6th july we finished taking in cargo silver sand and boxes of earth at noon set sail east wind fresh crew five hands Two mates, Cook and myself, Captain. On 11 July at dawn, entered Bosphorus. Boarded by Turkish customs officers. Bakshish. All correct. Underway at 4 p.m. On 12 July, through Dardanelles. More customs officers and flagboat of guarding squadron. Bakshish again. Work of officers, thorough, but quick. Want us off soon. A dark past and archipelago. On 13 July... Past Cape Matapan. Crew dissatisfied about something. Seemed scared but would not speak out. On 14 July was somewhat anxious about crew. Men all steady fellows who sailed with me before. Mate could not make out what was wrong. They only told him there was something and crossed themselves. Mate lost temper with one of them that day and struck him. Expected fierce quarrel but all was quiet. On 16 July, mate reported in the morning that one of the crew, Petrovsky, was missing. Could not account for it. Took larboard watch eight bells last night. Was relieved by Abramov, but did not go to bunk. Men more downcast than ever. All said they expected something of the kind, but would not say more than there was something aboard. Mate getting very impatient with them. Feared some trouble ahead. On 17 July, yesterday, one of the men, Olgarin, came to my cabin and in an awestruck way confided to me that he thought there was a strange man aboard the ship. 
He said that in his watch he had been sheltering behind the deckhouse as there was a rainstorm when he saw a tall, thin man who was not like any of the crew come up the companionway and go along the deck forward and disappear. He followed cautiously, but when he got to bows, found no one, and the hatchways were all closed. He was in a panic of superstitious fear, and I am afraid the panic may spread. To allay it, I shall today search entire ship carefully from stem to stern. Later in the day, I got together the whole crew and told them, as they evidently thought there was someone on, in the ship, we would search from stem to stern. First made angry, said it was folly, and to yield to such foolish ideas would demoralize the men, said he would engage to keep them out of trouble with a hand spike. I let him take the helm while the rest began thorough search, all keeping abreast with lanterns. We left no corner unsearched. As there were only the big wooden boxes, there were no odd corners where a man could hide. Been much relieved when search over, and went back to work cheerfully. First mate scowled, but said nothing. 22 July. Rough weather last three days, and all hands busy with sails. No time to be frightened. Men seemed to have forgotten their dread. Mate cheerful again, and all on good terms. Praised men for work in bad weather. Past Gibraltar and out through straits. All well. 24 July. There seems some doom over this ship, already a hand short and entering on the Bay of Biscay with wild weather ahead, and yet last night another man lost, disappeared. Like the first, he came off his watch and was not seen again. Men all in a panic of fear sent a round robin, asking to have double watch as they fear to be alone. Mate, angry, fear there will be some trouble, as either he or the men will do some violence. 28 July Four days in hell, knocking about in a sort of maelstrom and the wind a tempest. No sleep for anyone, men all worn out. Hardly know how to set a watch, since no one fit to go on. Second mate volunteered to steer and watch and let men snatch a few hours sleep. Wind debating, seas still terrific, but feel them less as ship is steadier. 29. Another tragedy. Had single watch tonight, as crew too tired to double. When morning watch came on deck, could find no one except steersmen. Raised outcry and all came on deck. Thorough search, but no one found. Are now without second mate and crew in a panic. Mate and I agreed to go armed henceforth and wait for any sign of cause. 30 July. Last night. Rejoiced we are nearing England. Weather fine, all sails set. Retired, worn out. Slept soundly. Awaked by mate telling me that both man of watch and steersman missing. Only self and mate and two hands left to work ship. 1 August. Two days of fog and not a sail sighted. Had hoped when in the English Channel to be able to signal for help or get in somewhere. Not having power to work sails, have to run before wind. Dare not lower as could not raise them again. We seem to be drifting to some terrible doom. Mate now more demoralized than either of men. His stronger nature seems to have worked inwardly against himself. Men are beyond fear, working stolidly and patiently with minds made up to worst. They are Russian, he Romanian. 2 August, Midnight Woke up from a few minutes' sleep by hearing a cry, seemingly outside my port. Could see nothing in fog, rushed on deck and ran against Mate. Tells me heard cry and ran, but no sign of man on watch. One more gone. 
Lord, help us. Mate says we must be past Straits of Dover, as in a moment of fog lifting he saw North Foreland, just as he heard the man cry out. If so, we are now off in the North Sea, and only God can guide us in the fog, which seems to move with us, and God seems to have deserted us. 3 August At midnight I went to relieve the man at the wheel, and when I got to it, found no one there. The wind was steady, and as we ran before it, there was no yawing. I dared not leave it, so shouted for the mate. After a few seconds, he rushed up on deck in his flannels. He looked wild-eyed and haggard, and I greatly fear his reason has given way. He came close to me and whispered hoarsely with his mouth to my ear, as though fearing the very air might hear, It is here. I know it now. On the watch last night I saw it, like a man, tall and thin and ghastly pale. It was in the bows and looking out. I crept behind it and gave it my knife, but the knife went through it, empty as the air. And as he spoke, he took his knife and drove it savagely into space. Then he went on, But it is here, and I'll find it. It is in the hold, perhaps in one of those boxes. I'll unscrew them one by one and see. You work the helm. And with a warning look and his finger on his lip, he went below. There was springing up a choppy wind, and I could not leave the helm. I saw him come out on deck again with a tool chest and a lantern and go down the forward hatchway. He is mad, stark, raving mad, and it's no use my trying to stop him. He can't hurt those big boxes. They are invoiced as clay, and to pull them about is as harmless a thing as he can do. So here I stay and mind the helm and write these notes. I can only trust in God and wait till the fog clears. <clears throat> then if I can't steer to any harbor with the wind that is, I shall cut down sails and lie by and signal for help. It is nearly all over now. Just as I was beginning to hope that the mate would come out calmer, for I heard him knocking away at something in the hold, and work is good for him, there came up the hatchway a sudden startled scream, which made my blood run cold, and up on the deck he came as if shot from a gun, a raging madman with his eyes rolling and his face convulsed with fear. Save me, save me, he cried, and then looked round on the blanket of fog. His horror turned to despair, and in a steady voice he said, "'You had better come too, Captain, before it is too late. "'He is there. I know the secret now. "'The sea will save me from him, and it is all that is left.' "'Before I could say a word or move forward to seize him, "'he sprang on the bulwark and deliberately threw himself into the sea. "'I suppose I know the secret too now. "'It was this madman who had got rid of the men one by one, "'and now he has followed them himself.' God help me, how am I to account for all these horrors when I get to port? When I get to port, will that ever be? 4 August Still fog which the sunrise cannot pierce. I know there is sunrise because I am a sailor, why else I know not. And in the dimness of the night, I saw it. Him. God forgive me, but the mate was right to jump overboard. It was better to die like a man. To die like a sailor in blue water no man can object. But I am captain, and I must not leave my ship. But I shall baffle this fiender monster, for I shall tie my hands to the wheel when my strength begins to fail, and along with them I shall tie that which he, it, dare not touch. And then, come good wind or foul, I shall save my soul and my honor as a captain. I am growing weaker, and the night is coming on. If he can look me in the face again... I may not have time to act, 
If we are wrecked, mayhap this bottle may be found, and those who find it may understand. If not, well then, all men shall know that I have been true to my trust. God and the Blessed Virgin and the saints help a poor, ignorant soul trying to do his duty. Of course, the verdict was an open one. There is no evidence to adduce, and whether or not the man himself committed the murders, there is now none to say. The folk here hold almost universally that the captain is simply a hero, and he is to be given a public funeral. Already it is arranged that his body is to be taken with a train of boats up the Esk for a piece, and then brought back to Tate Hill Pier and up the Abbey Steps, for he is to be buried in the churchyard on the cliff. The owners of more than a hundred boats have already given in their names as wishing to follow him to the grave. No trace has ever been found of the great dog, at which there is much mourning, for, with public opinion in its present state, he would, I believe, be adopted by the town. Tomorrow we'll see the funeral, and so we'll end this one more mystery of the sea. That is such a great account, and... What I'm just going to say is that's some of the best horror that anybody has ever written. It is, like, to use the terminology of the tropes these days, it's a bottle episode. And it's, uh, you know, it's basically a zombie movie in that it's, you know, a limited cast in confined space. And one by one, they're getting picked off. It's basically alien. You know, it's like the last half, last reel of the movie of Alien. So good. So good. Well, anyway, I'm going to let you go. And I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. This podcast is released under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. The theme music is Bucked Contemporary Boom by Kara Square, available under a Creative Commons attribution license at ccmixter.org.